When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 94 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with FanHub, where the fans come first. Uh, it's just me and Pete in terms of uh, from the Unholy Trinity this week, as as Lee is off playing some some kind of veterans tennis tournaments over over 60s. So good luck to Lee there. Hope he, hope he does well. We, you know, we all saw him a few weeks ago with his John Mahano rig out on. On the show, so we'll put that to good use today, and with his uh, his wooden racket. So, so best of luck to Lee. Uh, we'll let you know how he gets on when we when we record next week. But I'm delighted to say we we've been joined by a couple of our uh, American toffee friends on the uh, on the cusp now of traveling over to Orlando for the for the Florida Cup. So we we thought we'd bring on a couple of uh, previous guests, a couple of Americans who were. I'm going to talk us through what it's like over there amongst the uh, Ever- Evertonians in America, that community, how they're all excited about the, the Blues coming over. And that's Jeff Warner and Garrett Post. How, how are we both doing? Jeff, are you OK? You're, you're, now you're going to, to the Florida Cup, so I imagine you're really excited to see the Blues in action next weekend. I am very excited. It's been, uh, it's been too long. Uh, 2013, uh, under Roberto Martinez, they, they came to the States, so... Um, obviously, a lot has changed uh, since then. So um, we're very excited. It's uh, long overdue, and I can't wait. I fly out, uh, fly out early, on, or th- fly out Saturday afternoon, and then I'll be there uh, until Thursday morning. So I'll be at both matches and there for all of the events, and also kind of uh, assisting with some of the planning of some of the events. So very, uh, very exciting, and uh, I know a ton of. Uh, American Evertonians are, are really, really excited. Been uh, counting the days for the last couple of months uh, until this. So, yeah, yeah, really excited. I'm, I'm, we're going to touch on, you know, the, the events that are, that are being planned for Evertonians over there. Jeff, obviously, we're a little bit sort of uh, <laughs> stuck ourselves. You know, we, we can't get over there, unfortunately, for the, for the events. Uh, I was due to be in Orlando at that time. To be honest, so absolutely devastated that I couldn't be over there for, to see to see the Blues in action. Um, but it's going to be a great, it's going to be a really really good event. And it's about time we actually got ourselves over after you know the events last season when we signed Hammers, especially and we, we did uh, quite a big media media tour, should we say? You know, we were over in Miami and New York with with advertising, and you know we know we've got a huge and ever growing Evertonian community in America, so it's great to see us back over there and what what an event it's going to be. But also, as I say, we've got we've got Garris on the show, Garris. And although you're not you're not actually travelling to to the games, how excited are you to to see Everton over on uh, on home soil? 
Yeah, I think it's been a long time coming. Um, I feel like we, over the past, I don't know, let's say five years or so, really since the growth of, you know, the fan base in terms of the Premier League, you know, mainly when like NBC took over the broadcasting rights and that really helped flourish, you know, just a larger, you know, base of consistent watchers of the league. But Everton, I feel like I've been kind of slow movers to the States um, compared to, to other clubs. So I think it's a long time coming. Uh, I'm excited for everyone who is getting to go. I'm very jealous of you, Jeff. Uh, wish I could be there. <laughs> but yeah, the festivities look like it'll be great. And I'll be uh, following along from Twitter, I suppose. And um, what what are, what are your thoughts, Pete? Obviously, you're you're in a similar boat to, to myself. It's it's great, obviously, to see the Blues go over there for the first time since 2013. Um, but in terms of exposure for the for the club, we've been saying for many many years about going back. And, and how many times have we seen um, other other major Premier League sides go over to the to the states in pre-season, wishing that we were sort of on that. Uh, on that same sort of level and level of exposure, because it's great for us to be there, isn't it? In front of so many people, obviously fans back in the stadiums as well, and you know we've got we've got some major major players going to be on the plane as well. Yeah, yeah, it's important. It's you know number one, it's hopefully part of the world getting slightly more back to normal. Fans being in stadiums, being able to travel, um, so hopefully it feels like another sort of milestone in the direction of uh, you know general travel um but yes it's an important thing to be involved in i suppose from a yeah club perspective as well um you know the the bigger teams tend to go out to the states and uh you know get noticed connect with fans uh you know put their important players on show and it's important that everton do similar things as well and talking of uh talking of exposure and big players i'll I'll come to you first jeff would you going to be there and I probably know who the, who the answer is going to be, but who are you most excited to actually see? Uh, because there's, there's a certain player who, who we have actually haven't seen in the flesh since he signed for us, despite having a few occasions where we've had a few fans in the ground. And we're not actually sure he, he actually plays for Everton and he could just be a hologram. But to answer, answer that question, who are you most excited to see? <laughs> um, uh, really, uh, yeah, you, as, as, the, as we get closer, uh, you, you tend to pay closer attention to um, the guys coming back from international play, obviously we know the guys that participate in the Euros and Copa America, we're, we're not going to see. Um, but uh, you kind of follow the James transfer rumors a little more closely because uh, you obviously want to, uh, um, to unfortunately for a lot of my, uh, my friends in, in Liverpool uh, to be the first Evertonians to see James play um, live. Um, that's kind of the unfortunate reality of it. But uh um, but yeah, just excited to see them all. Um, decided excited to see a, a Ben Godfrey run in person. Um, to see uh, uh, you know Gabamin actually uh, be you know on the pitch performing. To 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 see Seamus Coleman. Um, so yeah, and um, and we'll be the first to uh, to greet Rafa as well, which will be a little bit of an unusual situation um, for us in Orlando, Florida to be the first to see Rafa Benitez on the touchline for Everton. So um, it, it's just, it's, it's going to be a, it, it's going to be an amazing experience. And uh, for, especially for the American Evertonians who uh, have not, who, who are newer fans who were not um, Everton fans when they came last in 2013, which is a great deal of, of, of the American fan base. Um, and also the people that aren't fortunate enough to have seen 
um, to, to get over to Goodison to see them live. Um, you know, I'm one of the fortunate people that, that has been able to do that. Um, but a, a lot of Americans have not seen Everton in the flesh. Uh, any of the first team players, they, they have not seen this club play in person and it's very exciting for them. And for me, who's um, working hard with a lot of other people to help build the brand and to, to draw new Everton fans and to energize the fan base that we already have. Um, this is just tremendous um, because you need that. Uh, those people that are in the stands, there's going to be Evertonians who don't know they're Evertonians yet. Um, that are going to show up at Camping World Stadium and they're going to walk out and they're going to think, okay, I want I want to be an Evertonian. Those fans are amazing, um, you know, a club with a great history. And uh, so that's the idea. Um, but I feel I feel for you guys because um, I have tons of friends in, in Liverpool that, uh, that I would love to see again um, and some that I've only met on social media that I would love to meet in person like you guys. Um, but unfortunately, um, the reality is uh, because of our ongoing pandemic, <clears throat> that's not going to be a reality this year. But the encouraging thing, though, and we can talk a little bit more about uh, um, kind of the big picture with the club internationally and in, in, in North America here shortly. But the good news is, is that the club's plan is for this not to be a one time event. In fact, the club's plan is for this to be an annual event. So this is the presence that Everton is establishing in the States is something that they want to continue on a regular basis. So this is by no means one and done uh, in Orlando next week. So that's uh, that's very exciting. Of course, I mean, we, we, we said this for so long about obviously exposure of the club and, and growing our global exposure and um, North America is certainly one of the the areas that we we need to be tapping into and like, like you say jeff you know if we go back to 2013 compared to now because of the work that's being done but like by like yourself and, and obviously garrett and and all the fan clubs that you you're affiliated to uh in that time it's meant that we we have grown uh quite a lot um and this, this kind of event is only going to, to cement the uh you know the the ever growing fan base um but but Garrett same question to you Gary who, who are you excited to, to see I know you're not you know actually going to games but you know the, as we've said the excitement over there amongst the the fan base communities must must be absolutely off the scale uh and with the likes of Hammers obviously coming to town it looks like and um Ben Godfrey we've met, obviously mentioned uh Gabaman uh etc is going to be part of the of the traveling squad. Who are you most excited to see over there uh, competing in the tournament? Well, I, I think there's one player who just, you know, offers that level of excitement that no one else can, and that's clearly Azmir Begovic. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think, who you know, who wouldn't want to see James play? It, it just incredible on the ball. It's going to be like he's going to be playing – and I, I bet you, Jeff, you're going to see him. He's going to be looking like he's playing in slow motion. Like everything is moving slow around him. He's his touches. He's just, you know, one of those players. Um, so I think, yeah, I'd be ecstatic. And um, I'm also one, someone who is fortunate enough to have, have made the trip over to Goodison. But my first actual Everton game was in 2013 at uh, at the time AT&T Park in San Francisco when John Stones chipped a penalty, top bins after Pirlo missed it. Um, and, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, the 
kind of impact that that had even just, you know, with, you know, I was 13 at the time, um, just with people in my school, you know, knowing who this team is now, knowing this club that I support um, and being at the game, you know, seeing that all I'll say is the last time we did preseason in the U.S., we had one hell of a season. So. Yeah, of course. If, if those omens are to go by, then then we could see something something quite special for for Rafael Benitez. I can't even say his name. Benitez's his first season uh, in charge in charge of the Blues. Um, let's hope so. You know, let, let let's hope that, that that is the case. And we're we're going to touch briefly on on preseason so far shortly. But it's exciting, isn't it, Pete? You know, when when we when we think about the the players that we've actually got on you know within the squad. I mean, as much as you know. We weren't great last season and we underperformed, you could argue. And, you know, finishing where we finished was not, was not great. But if you look at some of the, the names within our squad, the, the, there's some there's some real quality there, I, I feel. You know, and the likes of, obviously, Hammers is the obvious one, but the, the likes of Ben Godfrey and Moise Keane. And, you know, if we look further in terms of players who aren't going to be there, like Sir Jordan Pickford, fantastic European Championships for, for England. Um, obviously, Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. The squad, I think, in terms of uh, now becoming a, a global brand, is in a half decent position, I think. And going over there and, and having the likes of Hammers, you know, showing off on a, you know, on an even bigger scale, is is great for us, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think if you compare it to obviously last year, last preseason, I think the club was in a really, really difficult position because obviously the season ended, the season had been sort of protracted, hadn't it? And then we found ourselves going into the new season. Uh, with like no pre-season, so no building of fitness, lots lots of injuries, lots of niggles. And we all sort of predicted, I, I can remember last pre-season, that it was likely at some point it was going to take its toll on the squad. And that's exactly what happened. So I think now for, yeah, I know we've had an international tournament, but I think for a lot of our players, they, they've actually had a bit of a break this year. Um, and it's great to see, you know, it's great to see, you know, Kabamman pop up with a goal the other day, got an assist as well, didn't he, in the previous friendly um, so it looks like a lot of our players are getting the right sort of minutes now, the right sort of intensity. They're getting looked after. Uh, the intensity's building. Um, and I, yeah, I share uh, Garrett's hopes that USA Tour will um, be another good omen for us because I, I do. I think we've got a lot of quality in the team. I think we'll have a, a better level of fitness. I know Rafa's not had a great deal of time to sort of um, you know prep the team, prep the squad, but. You know, he, he likes four two three one. I think that's probably what most Evertonians and um, most of the people in the football world will be predicting that we're going to sort of set set out like, at least in the initial fixtures. So it's a system that's well known to those players. They should be able to adapt to it. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's good all round. It's good it's good for the club in general, but I think it's really good for the players as well to get an actual something like a proper pre season under their belts with a, a building momentum and a building intensity. Yeah, of course, of course, and like we said, you know, the the excitement's over there. It must be must be off the scale. But yes, let let, let us know. Obviously, hopefully, there's going to be quite a few of our American Evertonians listening to to today's show. Um, let us know anything planned in and around the ground for uh, for the Blues traveling to the game. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of work going on uh, behind the scenes right now. Um, obviously, this year. Uh, because of the uh, of the circumstances, uh, it's not going to be your typical uh, preseason tour uh, where you have uh, kind of 
unparalleled access to to players and um, that's not going to be the case. Uh, the players will be in a bubble for for uh, for the most part. Um, there's not going to be that uh, that access for for autographs and photographs. Uh, although um, there is a lot of work going on behind the scenes to see what's possible, um, things that they could do with the training ground to to maybe keep the players within the bubble, but allow fans to at least be able to um, see them and 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 interact with them in some way. So a lot of work going on. Um, what we know so far, and there will be a lot coming out um, tomorrow and, um, and and maybe Tuesday about some more events, but what we know at this point is that there will be a welcoming event uh, at the um, um, at a pub in Orlando. Details are still being worked out officially, so I don't want to kind of go on record of anything, uh, uh, anything concrete, but uh, there are members of the Everton traveling staff that we will have access to uh, that will be able to participate in events. People like Darren Griffiths and, and Graham Sharp. Um, Tim Howard will be a big part of the festivities all week. That's that's a given. Um, so, um, so there will be a welcoming event uh, on Saturday night, it looks like. Uh, we also have uh, some Evertonians in Orlando. Uh, uh, Lauren Shields uh, has been a big part of the effort. Um, to help um, secure us a tailgating lot so that we can have uh, kind of a, a, a large gathering uh, before the matches outside the stadium. Uh, that that will be something we'll be doing for, for both of the matches um, and then some other events during the week. So a lot more is going to come out. There's a lot, a lot of work going on. Um, obviously, the challenge is um, to, uh, to, to make things as accessible and as fun and exciting as possible for the U.S. Evertonians, but uh, doing doing it within the context of the the COVID protocols. Um, so, obviously, we want the team to come back, uh, you know, to, to get back over uh, without uh, any positive tests. <laughs> so, um, that but yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the challenge this year. Um, but um, yeah, they're they're going to make the best of it, and they they can assure um, they're assuring all Evertonians that uh, there will be things going on every day, and uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun and exciting stuff. I've got to ask, what what is a tailgate lot? That's an American. I saw this on the on Twitter. I think it was yeah. the Orlando Evertonians put it out there. What what does it actually entail? Yeah, the word tailgate comes from so basically, if you're if you go to an American football game and you park in, you've got all the cars parked in the lot. So tailgating started with uh, you kind of open up the back, you know, trunk or tailgate of your your car or truck and you've got beer and you're grilling out food and you basically have a pregame party in the parking lot. So it's kind of that idea. Um, we were able to secure a lot outside of Camping World Stadium in Orlando uh, that will be Evertonians only and uh, they'll set up uh, tents and we'll have uh, food and drink, and there will be just a lot of fun to be had. And so um, just kind of a pregame, kind of a pre-match party uh, in the parking lot is what it will be. So yeah. The only time that we, we actually keep our boots open for any length of time is when we're trying to flog all our old stuff down a car boot sale, as we call it over here. <laughs> very, very much only, only feels an horse's style. That's the only time you're with, our, <laughs> right. with our tailgates or boots open. Uh, but no one with yeah, I think I've seen before some footage of the American football fans before before games with the the barbecues on the go and and things like that in the, in the car park. So 
you know, it's, it's great to hear there's going to be so much going on, even at such a difficult time. Um, like you say, I mean, organising these kind of things must be really, really difficult in, given the uh, the current climate. But I think over there at the moment is probably safer than over here, the way the way things are going um, over here, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, for us, it, it's really, it's, it's kind of wide open. Um, it's kind of make your own decisions about uh, safety and, uh, and mask wearing. But uh, in, in Orlando, uh, a lot of the mandates have been lifted in terms of uh, um, mask requirements and, and social distancing. Um, you're all kind of just on your own to make the, uh, the safest and wisest decisions. Um, so the people that are here already um, that are associated with Everton and people like Tim Howard and, um, and, and, and Raj, Raj Bennett potentially um, are, are people that would be able to be involved in uh, events here and, uh, and interact with, with fans and, and so forth. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be, we, we will certainly make the best of it. And, um, and everything that we're doing this year, obviously kind of lays the groundwork for, um, for return trips, um, next year and in subsequent years. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, this is the, this is the first of, of many, we hope. Is, is it being televised Jeff over there? Uh, that's a good question. Garrett is, is there any television for this? Your guess is as good as mine. I actually haven't haven't looked into that yet, but that's that's happy. I, while we're talking, I can go find that right now if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think somebody I think asked that question, and I didn't see an answer, so I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think I saw something on the the Florida Cup website. There's obviously going to be streams out there for, for people to actually watch the games. Um, but that'll be interesting to know if it's after being televised, then, you know, even, even better once again, you know, we're having a, an even bigger audience to, to see the games, but be interesting to, to, to find that out, of course. Uh, but, I'm but curious Gary, about attendance. Yeah. I'm curious about yeah, attendance. Well, like I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of crowd this is. I, I keep checking the kind of the ticket availability. I know our sections are pretty much sold out. Um, so we have we have two we have two sections, I believe Inter Milan has two, Arsenal has three, and Emilianaris has has three, which I thought was interesting. But I think that's because of the the Colombian presence in in Florida in Orlando. Maybe they're expecting, you know, more fans. But we're we're right next to uh, we're right next to Arsenal, so we uh, we're already working on uh, some creative uh, some creative chance to welcome our uh, our, our friendly. <laughs> gunners and their uh you know just in commemorate what we'd like to do is we'd like to commemorate their uh their super league efforts and uh, show our appreciation for that so yeah we've got we've got some shirts lined up don't worry for when the the uh the so-called super league teams come to town so they 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 are nearly ready for production so that would have been good for i could have done a what's the name i could have done a run couldn't i on shirts got the orders in and when i came over yeah. all in the back of the suitcase and, yeah. and got them got yeah. them passed out you know but it wasn't to be, um, but great, you know, great. But 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 Garrett, what, what's it been like? Obviously, with the affiliation that you've got with obviously support of club, etc. What's it been like in terms of you know are there, are there many many fans going from from your neck of the woods uh, to to Orlando? Um, personally, I'm not aware of a ton. Um, I won't lie. I I think I don't know. I'm literally on the exact opposite end of the country, which is. Um, a bigger deal here than it is there. Like I remember there's, this is kind of a, a proverb I talk about a lot, but when I 
went over to Liverpool and, you know, talking about my local MLS club, which is the San Jose Earthquakes, which is a solid 45 minute to hour drive from my house. And that is local, where in England, that is the exact opposite of local. And so uh, even flying from San Francisco to Orlando is, you know, six hours. So I, I think it's a it's a bit of a trip for uh, for people over on this coast. But um, it's one that I would love to make next summer um should i be able to which i, I think hopefully i will be um because i will have just graduated from university then so i my schedule will be more free and obviously the location yeah. will change over the the, the there it's not obviously not always going to be orlando um we're, we're kind of envisioning and this is just kind of reading the reading the tea leaves but i could see chicago and i could certainly see miami um, and then, and then eventually a, a West coast location that that's, so I think that's the, that's the plan. Yeah, that's the thing. That sounds the, great, the difference yeah. between, between cross country in the States compared to cross country over here is a, it's quite a difference between the, between the two, should we say, uh, so of course <laughs> that, that's got to be taken into account. Um, yeah, if no, I drove to, uh, yeah, if I drove to Orlando, it would be if I if my flight is two hours to Orlando from Cincinnati. But if I drove to Orlando, it's you know it's four, it's probably thirteen hours or something like that. So yeah, so it's 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 a huge a huge trek, of course. Uh, but no, it's it's great to hear from from the two of you in regards to obviously the the upcoming events, the tournaments, the the excitement. You know what what's planned, and you know we we look forward to to, to watching the games. Uh, although they're going to be on at three o'clock for ourselves. Um, with the with the five hour time difference from from Orlando, but we look forward to seeing obviously how it all pans out, and and let's hope you know we can, you know it, it means it means little. It's all about minutes, of course, and fitness and things like that. But you know let, let's hope we put in a couple of decent performances, and um, you know to, to get to, to to the final to win the first game would be nice, um, and and hopefully you know that the players can can show. And um, what's the you know the the working well under under the new manager as well. Um, because the, the squad, the squad who will be travelling looks looks pretty strong. The likes of Decorey and Allen are now back as well. Mentioned before, Moise Keane. Obviously, um, we've seen Anthony Gordon's had quite a quite a few minutes over pre-season. Ben Godfrey, John Philippe Gabamon. There's there's some there's some big names. You know, obviously Hamez, as we've mentioned, they, they were going to be travelling. So it should be should be a great should be a great event. Um, but we're going to touch on briefly if we can uh, pre-season so far. Um, and the, the games that we've played, a couple of games at Finch Farm, um, weren't really classed as friendlies, according to the club. Uh, they, people have been having a bit of a moan because they, they haven't been kept up to date online with, with the, obviously, uh, you know, minute-by-minute minute accounts of what's going on or any kind of live footage and, and things like that. Uh, but we've, we've beaten Arkansas Stanley 3-0. We we beat uh, Blackburn Rose as well one 0 with with Gabamon uh, having his first first unofficial goal for the club if you like. Uh, but Pete, it's you know what what can we take from these these two games? It's simply just a case of getting a little bit of fitness. Um, the manager looking at actually what he's got in a game situation, trying to put these players into the formation that he wants. Or can we read a little bit more into it? Do you think? Well, I think I think first and foremost, it's it's probably yeah about fitness. Squad cohesion. I think that yeah, the manager still can't. I, can't, I still can't bring myself to say Rafa. It just feels so weird. Oh, I don't call him uh, that. Yeah, I don't call him. Yeah, Benitez get, getting a feel for the squad and the players, and 
um, seeing how they respond to his instructions and, and the system. But but I mean also it's two clean sheets, um, you know, which is important and it's momentum, isn't it? You've got to build that intensity, that winning momentum, that mentality. Um, and I think that's you know that's normally the way a preseason should go. We've had these sort of behind closed doors games, so to speak. We're going to move on now to the the USA tour. Um, obviously, we've got the United friendly, haven't we? When we when we come back, which will be a, a test, and hopefully we can expect to have a you know potentially the, the side that will go out against Southampton on the first game or a very close version of it, um, and that will probably tell us a lot more about you know, the manager's thoughts in terms of playing style, um, personnel, roles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't read too much into the games we've had so far, but for me, it's all got the right sort of feel for pre-season preparation and hopefully it's headed in the right direction. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people, are, are, it's very hard to, to sort of take anything from when you watch a bit of footage from pre-season training or you know, you see in photographs and, and a bit of footage from the games that we played. But, but Gareth, it's a lot of people seem to think that the players are getting worked a bit harder than than what they've been maybe been used to under under the previous regime. It, you know, Benitez seems to be a bit more of a hand on uh, hands on manager. Uh, he seems to be heavily involved with training alongside, obviously, um, his, his backroom staff as well. But are you taking that from what from what you're seeing, or is it just a case of well? We can all edit footage, you know, to, to look a certain way. Well, yeah, I, I think the training videos that they've released on YouTube have kind of suggested that. And we also know that, you know, Ancelotti is more of a coach, more of a tactics guy. You know, he, he'd prefer more to sit in his office and work out how he wants his team to set up and let, you know, Davide Ancelotti be the one actually hands on with the players. He, not saying that that's what he always did, but he's more of that style of manager where I think Rafa will see he's going to drill these players to get them to play the way that he wants them to play. Um, and I think we've seen that. Um, in terms of the games that we've seen, personally, it's gotten a lot smoother than last preseason. Remember, the th- was it the 3-3 against Blackpool and Mason Holgate breaking his toe and whatnot? So this has gone better than that thus far, knock on wood. Um, I- I'm really encouraged to see Anthony Gordon back and playing um, and scoring, of course, against Accrington Stanley. Well-taken finish, good run. The assist from Gabamin, which you mentioned earlier. Um, so we'll see, but I mean, I will never be against, um, you know, Everton outworking other teams. And we've seen, you know, not saying Rafa is, you know, anything like Marcelo Bielsa, but we saw Leeds quite literally outworked everyone that they played last season. And they ended up, you know, pipping us to ninth place um, come the final day of the season. So if, if that's the kind of approach he's going for and trying to just get the best out of what we have, because it seems like, you know, our, our business this summer is probably going to be a bit more on the snide sides of just some clever moves. Nothing too crazy it just is what I'd be predicting from this point on based on what we've seen and what we've learned earlier today. Um, I think that might be a, a pretty smart strategy to, to try to attack this season with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on obviously the the transfer position shortly. Um, but Jeff, have you have you been have you been impressed with the with the impact of the of the new manager from from what you've seen? You know, do you think that that he was the best appointment that we could have made based on the the names that we were getting linked with or those that were actually available? 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, obviously that's a, there are a lot of levels to the, to the managerial decision. Um, and I, I'm kind of of the, I'm kind of of the thought that look, Carlo Ancelotti put Everton in a very, very difficult position. Um, they had a three-year plan laid out uh, for Car- Carlo Ancelotti and he pulled the rug out from under them. There was no plan B and long story short, that's how we arrived um, w- where we have uh, with Benitez as the manager. Um, I think some other things might've factored into it. Um, I'm curious to know how much uh, influence um, Duncan Ferguson had on the decision. Um, I'm starting to, I'm starting to be of the mind that, uh, that maybe that kind of played a factor into, um, you know, if the new manager wanted to keep Dunk on the staff and they wanted a manager who would keep Dunk on the staff. Um, but, uh, but they were in a very difficult situation in terms of, of timing, in terms of preparation. Um, it sounds like there was a lot of chaos in the back room between the board and a lot of kind of, uh, tug of war between Moshiri and brands and it's, you know, but it's, for me, it's neither here nor there. Um, you know, Benitez is our manager, preseason's underway. Um, and, you know, I'll get behind Everton just like I always would for, uh, for any other manager and I'll hold him accountable just like I would any other manager, um, but no more or less. Um, in terms of preseason so far, um, you know, obviously we've, we've just seen some, some random highlights of kind of what occurred in the, in those first two uh, behind closed doors friendlies, but um, preseason in, in, uh, in any sport uh, preseason has always been about individuals and staying healthy, or in some cases, depending upon the player situation, getting healthy. And I'm encouraged that uh, so far, so good, no injuries and so far, so good. Uh, Gabamon looks fresh and he looks healthy and to see him gain to have moments of confidence which is just massive for him uh, considering what that young man has gone through so to see him uh, deliver that assist which was which was quality and to see him get a goal uh, those moments for him are just they're huge and so that's that's really kind of my takeaway from those first two matches is really, is really just him. Um, and the fact that we've, we've stayed healthy, um, we've gotten some results, but of course results in the preseason really aren't the, aren't really what matter. Um, it's about staying healthy, um, getting fit and, um, and having some individuals perform guys that are trying to kind of find their place in the squad. And, uh, obviously Gabamon is one of those. Yeah. The, the, the Gabamon, um, impact in pre-season or, or the fact that, that Gabamon is actually going through the pre-season process for me is vitally important you know the the lack of, ex- of um, appearances he's made for the club since he signed you know he's been massively unlucky we've touched on him quite a few times on the show since he has signed and you know the, we all want the lad to, to, to get fit to get a run of games under his belt and to show what he's all about I think we've seen glimpses um in that first game that he came on against Crystal Palace and then when he played against Watford, I think, you know, if you look at the size of the lad as well, there was a, there was a bit of footage from the game against Blackburn and he, he, I think it was for the goal. He won the ball in midfield and uh, put his foot in and the size difference, you know, from him compared to the 
the kid he tackled was absolutely ridiculous. And you just think that, you know, he's so big, he's so strong, he's got big, big long legs. He's the kind of player that we've missed, I think. And and if he can just stay fit and, you know, give us sort of 30, 35 games a season, he could be like, it sounds, you know, that, that famous phrase, like a new signing for us. I mean, he really could, but... I think he he just hoped that he he can stay fit and healthy and he can he can forge a decent career at the club because he's he's been very very unlucky with what he's what he's gone through. Um, but the more time he gets in pre-season, you know, doing uh, playing in the various games, doing various sessions with the obviously fitness coaches and and the rest of the squad, the stronger he's going to be when he comes back to actually to actually play for the first team again. So let's hope. You know, come the the 14th of August against Southampton at Goodison Park, he's he's fully fit, he's raring to go, and you know who knows, he could be a, a pivotal player. Uh, but Peter, touching on Gabama, you must be delighted to see to see him back and and looking fit, healthy, and and strong up up to now. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. I was thinking just as you were speaking there, uh, you've got to be careful not to play football manager in your mind, haven't you? But um, you know, a, a midfield trio of Alan. Decore and Gabamin is, you know, that's fierce, that's frightening, that's, you know, that that's a midfield three that can, uh, you know, trouble any side for me in the, in the Premier League. And three players that, you know, pretty mobile, they can get up and down the pitch, aggressive, win the ball. But, but the three players, I know we've not seen a lot of Gabamin, but he seems to be a player that can use the ball well. You know, let's not forget Marco Silva. Um, was the man in charge when we bought Kabamin and he was initially seen as the replacement for Drissaganagay. You know, so someone that can break up the play, win the ball back, but also use the ball well, keep the ball, be able to pass. So I'm really looking forward to see more of him. But um, you know, like you lads have said, it's just it's great to see him just to get the freedom of getting his fitness back up, just get minutes in, you know, really look after him, build his confidence, um, and hopefully transition him back into the squad in the right way where he can become stable fixture of, of the side and we get to see what he's all about because his career's really been on hold, hasn't it? For you know, we're looking at like best part of two years now. Um so he must be really, really eager to get back, really anxious to just be back playing football regularly again and let's hope it happens for him. Just on the note of of the you know talking about that trio and the possibility of us seeing you know, Gabam and Allen and Abdullah Decore on the pitch at the same time. It's also if we, you know, we do see Benitez choose to implement that 4-2-3-1 and we have, you know, a more attacking midfielder in the middle, whether that be Sigurdsson, James, someone else who could come in, who knows. But also we saw that both Decore and Allen, who are, you know, on the back half of their 20s, they struggled with injuries the last season and having Gabam in his cover and as rotation and not being so reliant on those two players for the whole season will also go a long way to make sure that, you know, hopefully um, our season won't be derailed as much as it was last season due to injuries and just lack of, of availability of crucial players, especially in that midfield area, you know, Decore breaking his leg and Allen pulling his hamstring at Leicester and being out for two and a half months. And that really, you know, got rid of a lot of the momentum that we were trying to build throughout the season um, especially I'd say in that back half when Decore got injured at Stanford Bridge and things started kind of going downhill from there. Um, so hopefully Gabamin staying fit will mean that, you know, there'll be a more balanced workload for all of these players and subsequently a, a, a healthier roster in general. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the overall schedule from the last couple of seasons, obviously, with with what happened with the previous season stopping, and then obviously trying to squeeze all the the finals for the final thirteen games in into such a uh, such a short space of time, having a short preseason, and then into obviously another another season. I think that's all impacted, you know, on injuries and the the squad being being stretched and. You know, we 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 said this time and again that the strength and depth we haven't actually got strength in, in depth to be fair, and that's that's why you know I think we we did suffer so much last season uh, more than maybe other sides be, because the the quality sort of off the bench wasn't there. Um, I think you said before we recorded, Garrett, something like that we we got one goal off the bench last season, which is just ridiculously poor, and it shows how poor the impact was from squad players or fringe players, so to speak. So. So yeah, it's, it's hopefully the, this rest has done done the players good. Um, you know, the the only ones who are going to be probably hampered a little bit are those who've who played sort of European Championships or Copa America. I mean, Richarlison's obviously gone off to the Olympics as well, um, so he's going to be absolutely, I think, snookered for for the first couple of games uh, of the new the new Premier League season. Um, but yeah, I think having having now a proper rest and pre season should hopefully stand us in, in better stead going into the new season, but that, that brings us nicely on, really, to talk about squad depth and fringe plays and, and what have you. The last sort of 24, 48 hours, we've seen a little bit of flurry of activity, haven't we, on the on the transfer front, and the, the first name thrown out and on the verge of signing uh, as a second-choice second, second choice goalkeeper, Asmir Begovic, he was in the club shop yesterday buying his, his own chair for his unveiling, so, so I heard. Um, but couldn't get the right size. I don't know what was going on there. But he was in a club shop, so he was pictured. So he's on the verge of coming in. Uh, free transfer by all accounts. One year left at Bournemouth, and I think we we've managed to get him for, on a free. Um, and the, the last, the last, uh, well, just before we talk last night, which is a, a bit of a strange one for me, of Andros Townsend coming in, um, and I didn't think much of it to, to be fair, um, but. Apparently, that's on the verge of, of being done on a free transfer. And a name come from absolutely nowhere, the Mari Gray. Now, that one out of the three, and, and I'll, I'll ask you all in turn about this, that one I, actually excites me a little bit because I think he's got unfulfilled potential. I really do. You know, he's, the kid's 25 years of age, I think. You know, he, he's got all, he's got time to turn his career, career around. He's got pace. I think he can do a real job. And when he left Birmingham for Leicester, we were linked then, and I thought that would be a decent a decent deal for us. Um, but I'll, I'll come to you in turn. Pete, Asmir Begovic, first of all, thoughts on, on him coming in as, as Jordan Pickford's understudy? I think it's shrewd. I think he's he's shown for over a long, long time. He's, uh, you know, he's a top keeper, probably at the stage of his career now where, you know, yeah, he's not going to start week in, week out for a top side, but uh, he'll push Pickford. And I think, you know, if Pickford got an injury or for whatever reason, the squad rotation, you know, you know, Bekovic will come in and do a really solid job. Um, and I think it's really important, I think, for, for the squad in general to know that there's, um, you know, really high level second goalkeeper that can come in there. So I, I think it's a good bit of business for the club. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the wingers, Townsend surprises me slightly. I, I think if he's in at the right price at the right wages, it could work in terms of squad depth. But you know, I look at I look at Alex Awobi, and I think 
you know, have we just bought the same player again? Have we just got the same player twice? You know, sometimes lots of energy, lots of endeavour, struggles with end product. You know, and for me, the what I call like one in eight players. So, you know, one in eight games, they'll show a glimmer of, of brilliance, you know, a glimmer of what they can do. But for a lot of the time, you can't rely on them. They seem to go missing or, you know, they don't fully perform for whatever reason, um, whether that's, you know, mentality or stage of career. So I, I think Townsend could be a good squad player, um, but I'd be worried if he was anywhere near the first the first team, the starting team, week in, week out. And I'd be especially worried if, say, if we did end up with those three players in our squad, you know, Wobie, Townsend, um, and the uh, the young lad, I forgot his name, I was going to say Delph. Damari Gray. I'd be worried if two out of those three were starting each week because I, I, I just don't think that the right kind of kind of players, and I don't think the players you can consistently, consistently rely on. I, I think Damari Gray could be a really um, clever gamble. You know, what? what's the, the, the quoted fees? It's something like 1.5 mil. 1.5 million, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you say, you know, young player. He's played in the in the Premier League before. There's times at Leicester where he looked like a you know really top player, and hopefully, you know, the time away playing more regular football will have done him good. And I'm sure the, the you know the club will have done the homework uh, in in sort of making that decision. So he he would be the one I'd be most excited about. You know, out of the um, out of, you know sort of uh, Begovic, Townsend, and and himself. I'm a little bit on the fence with Townsend. It it just seems it's it's a bit unambitious, and I think I said before we were recording, it feels a bit like we're we're going for for depth, we're going for player numbers before we go for quality, and you know maybe I need to adjust my, my expectations a little bit because when you looked at our bench last season, it was often filled full of players that the manager had no intention whatsoever of putting on the football pitch. So you know first and foremost, maybe we do need players, but we also need a lift in quality, particularly on the wings. Um, you know, we're really short there, and I'd, I'd hope we'd have at least one quality signing. By quality signing, I mean with at least one wide player that will slot in week in, week out for a starting place. So it's yeah, I'm moving in the right direction, but I'm I'm a bit sceptical of Townsend. I think. I think I mean in terms of obviously, if you look at those three signings as a as a collective like you like you say Pete I don't think any of those will come in initially with aspirations well that's probably the wrong way to use because you should have aspirations of starting every game but maybe under no illusions that they're going to be in the start 11 week in week out um I don't think obviously Begovic personally is going to replace Pickford Pickford's been exceptional since January I think he's been very, very good. He's been switched on. We touched on it before with him speaking to a sports psychologist. I thought at the European Championships, he was absolutely exceptional. Make no mistake about it. For me, England's best player. I could be biased, but we've all sat here, Pete, over the you know the last 12, 18 months and criticised Jordan Pickford when when we thought he it was right to do so and he'd had a poor game. But we're also very, very quick to praise Jordan Pickford like any other player. If you know they, they turn things around, they have a good game. And I think he was probably our best player from January onwards last season. And he's carried it forward into the European Championships. So Begovic is there solely as a number two. Um, I think he made he got into the Championship team of the season last season, Begovic. So he's not coming in as, as someone who, who can't push Pickford 
I'm not sure whether he would push Pickford as much as a, uh, as Robin Olsen did. I thought Olsen, generally, they had a couple of things, dodgy moments, but generally, he's, he's a decent goalkeeper. Again, another good European Championships. But like someone might be pointed out on Twitter, probably deserves to go somewhere and start, to be honest, you know. So that's fair enough. We weren't going to pay any money for him. So we went down the, the, the Begovic route. Um, but I'll, I'll come on to the other two shortly but but Jeff what 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 do you think you know if, if we if we look at look at those three signings what what does it what does it suggest to you in terms of you know those names what what's what's Everton's thinking behind it? Well I think with uh with Begovic I, I think we've at least for the moment um like you said I think we've moved beyond needing someone to apply competition or pressure to Jordan Pickford. I, I think we've kind of we've crossed that bridge for for the moment. Um, Pickford's been in just uh, tremendous form and and at the Euros was just sensational for England. Um, but you needed a backup keeper. Um, obviously, you bring in a new manager and his first signing is a backup keeper. It doesn't get people very excited, but it's a it's a necessity, though. It, it's something that uh, that Everton needed. Uh, we no longer have Robin Olsen. Uh, if we did, it's a completely different story um, because Olsen also was uh, tremendous in the in the Euros. Um so that's a yeah, it's a good signing. He's 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 an experienced keeper. Um, he's got a lot of matches under his belt, and he's had some success. And uh, I, I think he's a great. I I really think he's a great number two. So it's a that's a sensible that's a sensible signing, and and it just it checks one of the boxes, uh, one of many boxes that we have, and maybe kind of lower on the list, but uh, it it definitely checks checks a box for Everton. Um, and then as far as uh, uh, the um, the Paul Joyce tweet today about uh, Townsend and also Damari Gray. Um, yeah, I, I have a hard time with what the difference is between Townsend and in uh, Iwobi. Um, I, Gray, I, I liked him at Leicester City. <clears throat> Ten goals and 133 appearances. He's he's got a ton of experience. Uh, he's got good pace. There's a lot of potential there. I, I think. I think what we're seeing from a club approach uh, in this window, and not to say that there won't be uh, another maybe uh, kind of bigger signing coming down the road, but it was obvious last season, as we've talked about, um, that lack of depth is our is our primary issue at the moment. And when Carlo is filling the bench with under 18s and 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 backup keepers, um, j- just so he could have a bench. Um, you know, we've got a lot of guys that have an injury history that's not not very good. Uh, we need players. We need depth. It was a huge issue uh, last season. And so players like, if, if you look at it from that context, and if you look at it as you need depth and you need guys that can rotate in and you need guys that can provide you minutes, not necessarily guys that you're going to rely on weekend after weekend, it, just guys that need to be able to provide you with quality minutes that your your current bench guys can't give you um then i don't mind assigning like an an andres ties townsend um but yeah damari gray at 25 years old at peak football age there's still a lot of untapped potential there so i agree with uh peter that's 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 a signing that um i won't say necessarily excites me but it it certainly intrigues me uh there there's some potential there and i was a little surprised to see that name um, dropped this morning. So, um, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the approach, but, um, I think it's an important approach from the club to, to build depth 
and, and kind of seek players that are going to help you fill that bench and kind of give you cover at certain positions um, uh, to, to give us uh, the cover for the injuries that we didn't have last year. So not a bad approach, but, uh, but again, not, not signings that'll excite us. But again, after last, after last window, you know, you bring in James Rodriguez, what, what, what's going to excite us this window? Um, very little. And, and when you have Carlo Ancelotti as your manager, the, the level of rumors, you know, when people are throwing out Cristiano Ronaldo and ridiculous things, well, they're, they're only doing that because Carlo Ancelotti is your manager. So those, those days are done. So that we're not going to hear those, those types of names thrown our direction this summer. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what the club's position is moving forward and what their plan is moving forward. But, uh, um, but yeah, of, of the three, um, Damari Gray, I'm, I, yeah, I'm ex- intrigued and a little excited about that. And I'm fine with Townsend if, if we're looking at him as a, as a depth piece. Gareth, what, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say, as we've been talking, actually, Fabrizio Romano also just confirms the Damari Gray deal being close to being done. Um, interesting, interestingly, didn't um, mention Andrews Townsend, but uh, personally, actually, I, I, I do like these signings. Not much in terms of the actual names who are being brought in and, you know, the potential of how much are they actually going to impact this squad, but more just kind of behind the philosophy of it. Because, you know, looking at it and, and Patty Boylan, I saw him tweet this, you know, higher earning fringe players. Like we look at some of the players that were on the bench, like, you know, Alex Awobi is on a lot of money, for example, um, being replaced by cheaper alternatives. So assuming that we aren't giving Townsend and Gray you know, inflated wage packages, which I, I, I don't really think they deserve based off of, you know, the kind of signings that they are. You know, Damari Gray was um, riding the bench in Leverkusen, um, you know, hasn't been playing a lot of first-team football. Andres Townsend, contract expired, 30 years old. Um, so these should be cheaper players in their depth. And also, I think it shows um, Rafa has really done his homework um, because, yes, we obviously struggle with depth. That's easy for anyone to see. But also, I think on the back half of the season, we really struggled with service and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, was feeding off of scraps for a, a large majority of the season. And these are two players in Townsend and Gray who, you know, can make something happen and have the potential to, you know, beat a man on the wing, get a ball into the box. And we have the perfect striker already, you know, to convert those opportunities. Um, and, and so I think, although the names, you know, they don't alight me with excitement. Um, they're not big names. They're not, you know, I wouldn't say they're they're starting eleven quality week in week out as we've already um, basically agreed upon, um, but they are players that I think, both financially and in terms of just what we are lacking the most, I think they're smart acquisitions, um, and and hopefully they can surprise people and um, perform well under Benitez. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, I, I think. I, I totally agree with that. I think if you, you know, just talk at the moment of, of Bernard being on his way, uh, which is, I think, £120,000 a week off, off the, the wage bill. If you're replacing him with a, an Andros Townsend, you know, on, say, 50 grand a week, whatever it might be, um, and he's going to have, you know, maybe more of an impact, but play similar amounts of games, then you've got no big problem, have you? You know, you've got a, you bring in any second choice keeper that we had to sign anyway. Um and then you've got a, a young kid like we've already touched on in the Mari Gray, who's 25, who can certainly kick on, can certainly resurrect his career. And um, he's got, you know, the attributes that maybe we've lacked in the past. He's got that that bit of pace. 
Um, he, he can go go past players, and and he can be quite quite exciting. And and I'm sure you know if if he does come in, he's someone who's going to be he's going to be keen to impress, and will look to try and play themselves into that starting eleven. Um, so if you are losing the likes of a of a Bernard for argument's sake, um, even maybe someone um like a like I say a Wobi or whatever it might be, and you're replacing them with these cheaper alternatives, and you haven't got a big outlay. I don't see the issue. I think though, like like you touched on, Jeff, you know, you, you want to be looking at also bringing in someone who is going to come into the start eleven as well. You know, two two or three players who are going to, you know, make make that make that start eleven come in, paying, you know, pay. I'm not saying pay a huge fee, but but players who can definitely definitely make an impact from the way go and improve that side. So that would be a good summer window. If you bring in these three players and then two or three who are certainly going to be pushing to, to start and sell maybe obviously most keen is the one who the, the talking is about at the moment um, who, who certainly will go for, for a decent fee. Um, a few of the other fringe players, you know, or you know, like maybe Andre Gomez who's been being discussed, Sigurdsson's being discussed about potentially leaving. Um, I think he was linked with a move away in January as well. So there's those kind of players who can bring in a little bit of money. Um, Moose King can bring in more money. We can reinvest it, get in a little bit of bit of quality for, for that start 11. And that would be a good window. I think the concern is that we just bring in, say, these three players and nothing else. Um, but I think the, the, the realisation now is after three, four years of, of really poor investments in terms of the players not not all you know we, we've made some decent signings as well of course we have but you know the, the likes of when Steve Walsh was knocking around um, and you know there's been there's been occasions where maybe maybe you know since Marcel Brands has come in we haven't made the right signing but we're now hamstrung by those decisions and we now know that we can't make any kind of further decent investments of quality until we ship a few players out for a little bit of money free up some wages and, and get some money in for, for transfers. And that's where we are. You know, that's we've got to accept it. You know, the, the, the manager hopefully can get these players fitter than they were last season. Certainly running that little bit more and, and wanting to work for the side. Um, the, the players who are coming in, I'm sure, uh, of, of that kind of ilk. And, you know, I know Benitez has worked briefly with Townsend at Newcastle. Um, so he's got a bit of experience there. But, you know, he's a decent professional. Um, he's always done okay. You know, we used former England international as well. Um, but it's, I don't think it's the end of the story for our transfers. I really don't. I do think we are going to see a couple of outgoings for money, which will then free things up to bring in the likes of a, of a Denzel Dumfries, who apparently it's he's waiting in the wings to come in, but he can't come in until we, we, we ship some out for a bit of money. And that, and that's, that is where, where we are. Um, but the hopes for the for the summer window are that we we do we certainly do do improve that that start eleven. But I think you know are we, are we going into the new season, Garrett, with a with optimism that we can perform better than last season? I think we have to. I mean, there's also just with with this kind of business, like we we've seen, you know, in the past couple of seasons, there are like surprise outfits or surprise clubs who you know signs in preseason don't necessarily point to the fact that, you know, th- this is going to be a team overachieving. I-, I look at West Ham last season as a perfect example. You know, they escaped relegation very narrowly by what, two, three points um, during project restart. 
and I had them, you know, flirting with the relegation zone again last season, but they worked really well as a team. They made smart acquisitions. I think mainly Sue check and, and Sue fall, you know, you know, small fees, really smart business fit perfectly into the team. And, um, you know, David Moyes really had them playing this, this brand of football that fit the players that he had perfectly. And I think that's what our hope has to be that, that Rafa looks at this group and brings in what he needs to bring in to, to play a way where he can get the best out of the quality we do have in the squad. Because as you were saying earlier, Michael, there's, there are some very good names, especially even if we keep Moyes keen, because at this point, um, all the talk is that PSG are, are not really looking to buy him permanently at the moment. They only want him on loan and Everton are saying no, as they should, because either we get money so that we can make that quality signing um, or or we keep him because he's still, you know, a really young, really good player. You look at what he did at PSG last year in league on, you know, really solid account of himself. Um, and, and hopefully Rafa will find a way to get the best out of the players we do have, because that's something that, you know, our previous managers, I don't really think I've been very successful at, you know, they've brought in players, they've brought in these names, but they haven't figured out ways to get the best out of them. I think Alex Iwobi is the perfect example because you look at the statistics and you look at how we did at Arsenal and I'm, I'm sure Ryan Williams is going to be loving to hear me say this, but you know, he is a good player. We just have not found a way at all to get the best out of him and to fit him into a team in a way that, you know, plays to his strengths and can help, you know, obviously he has limitations, but we haven't really helped, you know, none of the managers he's been under Silva or, um, I guess even Ferguson and, and Ancelotti haven't really gotten, you know, the best out of him at all. Um, and so with players like Townsend and Gray, you know, the hope is that, and really I think our, our best chance of, you know, success, whatever that may look like this season is just hoping that the manager, you know, he's done his homework. He sees what we need. He has figured out a way to play that can get the best out of these players. And um, I, I think that's the optimism that I, that I have going into this season. Yeah, of course, and and, and that's you no. Know, there's going to be a lot of obviously yeah, a lot of work to be done, um, and and I really I really really hope that we we do we do kick on and and, and give a better show than last season. But yes, what I'll 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 leave it leave it to you to sort of. Uh, Talk us through your optimism going into the into the new season. Do you think it's going to be better than what we saw what we saw last season? Um, and and you know, bear in mind, there's it's died down a touch certainly as compared to what it was like when the, the new manager was announced. But obviously, he's got a, a, a tough gig, hasn't he? But he says he's he's come in. Um, he, he's shown his backbone by taking the job. That's for sure. But we we hope we hope that we don't get a, a sticky patch early on. And the pressure builds on on the new manager. I really look at this. Uh, I, I, I look at this squad, and well, so far um, this squad is is intact from last year. I still think there's an expectation that uh, that James is is maybe going to leave, but I, for now he's an Everton player, and Richarlison is still an Everton player, and Alon and Decore and Ben Godfrey and Dominic Calvert Lewin. And now you have Gabamon if he can stay healthy. I think my optimism all rests on uh, whether this this club can stay healthy or not. And that was the difference last year. When 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 everyone was on the pitch together, we were kind of a dynamic attacking 
club. Uh, you look at those first five to, to seven matches. Um, there were glimpses of what the potential of this of this club would be. Now, when the injury started to hit, we had no that that's when that's when the depth and and everything kind of really kind of showed itself and and things kind of fell off the rails. And in addition to that, with guys kind of being in and out of the squad, such as like Hamez and and you had Alon, and then of course we lost to Corey for a while. And you you didn't know who was going to be in training in any given week. You didn't know who was going to play on uh, any given week. So so there was there was no there was no way to build any kind of cohesiveness or momentum last season, uh, all because of the injuries. Uh, and you know everybody went through injuries, but like you said, Mike it impacted us more than it would other clubs uh, who have far more depth than, than we do. So if this squad remains intact and, and stays healthy, um, I honestly don't really care as much who the manager is. We certainly should finish better than 10th. So that's kind of where my, that's kind of where my optimism lies is, is just staying healthy and and improving the overall depth of the squad to cover us for the injuries when they happen because injuries will happen. But uh, if the injuries don't happen to the extent that they did last year, and you keep this squad intact and together on a weekly basis for extended stretches, uh, this this club has an opportunity to to be pretty good and and to challenge for Europe again. Yeah, of course, I I, I totally agree with that. I mean, we, we don't want to obviously get ahead of ourselves and you know we've we, we, we fell in love with the previous manager and and we thought that things were going to be going to be rosy leading up to Bramley Moore uh it didn't turn out that way like you said earlier Jeff you know we were sort of left in a very very difficult position when when Carlo Ancelotti left and it, and it ripped up that that three-year plan almost just you know overnight um but we just want to see that that bit of progression I know that the board made the appointment based on stability leading up to the to the new ground. Um, I'm not sure whether that would be sort of my my sort of stance on things, but we've all got to back the manager because we, there's, there's no point in there being any kind of divide in the fan base because it feels as to the players and, and we don't want to be getting off on a you know a, the wrong foot come the 14th of August. So we need to make sure that we are sticking together. We, we back the manager as best we can. doesn't matter who it is for me. He's, he's representing our club now. Um, and that's all that matters. You know, we, he wants the best for, for the club that he's at, the, the players that he's managing. And, and, and we all want the same thing and have, have all got the, the same goal of our, of our club being successful. Um, so, roll on the 14th of August. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the season starting. I'm looking forward to, to, to the fans being back on the ground on, on day one. Uh, the, it was confirmed by the council this week that Goodison can filter almost full capacity for the first game, which is which is fantastic news, um, and let's hope we can we can uh, have a have a good start to, to the season. But lads, Jeff, first of all, wishing all the, all the best um, when you see the Blues over the uh, the next the next week or so. Safe travels and hope you have a, a really really great time and and enjoy watching watching the Blues over over in the states. Yeah, we're excited. So I wish uh, I wish all of you guys could join us. So, but we'll be thinking of you. Uh, we'll toast. We'll we'll toast in your honor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a great time, and we'll 
uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best to be loud and, uh, to shout down the, uh, the gunners to our right. Yeah, of course, of course. Make, make sure, make sure you do. Um, and, and I'm sure the support will be, will be great for the Everton players over there and, and it, they'll be, they'll be really well received. So I, I do wish you have, the, you, have, you have the best time and hopefully next year I'm over there next year again, hopefully with a bit of luck, um, hopefully the, the, the blues are in town again and we can, we can meet up and, and have a, have a beer. Um, and Garrett, same to yourself. I know you're not you're not going yourself, but um, hope you enjoy watching the Blues if you can. Um, hopefully, we can find some streams or some kind of footage. That's for sure. Um, I did actually find, it, at least in in the US, it, they are streaming it on um, like affiliates of ESPN. So that's good for me. I, I'll be able to watch it for sure. Also, I want to put on record real quick: Andrus Townsend scoring our goal of the season is absolutely nailed on. Absolutely nailed on. I'm calling it now. Put it on record. <laughs> <laughs> it was anything like that goal you score for pass against Man City we'll take it uh, okay not, sure. not that I'm thinking one where he cuts in from the right and, and just bangs it right in the top bins you know he's done it <laughs> that, that's one thing about him he is kind of a, a, a goal of the season merchant so hopefully you know he'll he'll bang a couple of those for us but hope, thanks for having me right. yeah lovely absolute, absolute pleasure absolute pleasure uh, hope you're right Best of luck, obviously, the, the players who, who do come in, and and hopefully it's it's a start of a of a busy busy window for for the Blues. Uh, but that's us for this week. We will be back next week. Hopefully, Lee, Lee's uh, Lee's recovered from his his tennis, um, and he's he can he can sit down and have a chat with us with us next week as we we fast approach the uh, the start of the Premier League season. But we'll hopefully be able to look back on that first the first game for the Blues. Over, over in America. Um, so we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.